you know, weird privilege component of this podcast. You know, you guys have to worry about recording and setting up this and make a Skype call and I'm all just, are we going yet? Let's talk shit about some games. Hello and welcome to the Squared Circle here at the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Standing six feet and also six hands and six pointy ears, it's three munchlaxes in a fox lee suit. Just call me Triple M. From the darkest wilds of Canada, where he wrestles the yoga ball on every other day, except when the yoga ball has yoga practice, it's Jeb Wrench. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, and diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. And you see, you see, you have all been made fools of. It was me all along, Talon Lee. Hey, Jeb, what have you been playing lately? I played, didn't play much this week. I had, like, part of it was I had my ISP shifted over, so. Yeah. So I kind of had time without real access to electronics. But I did spend some time to play last year's Duels of the Planeswalker. Ah, yes. <laughs> that was fun. I well, forgot I had a, I had a spider spawning self mill deck that has a crater of behemoth in it. Tell me, we, we have a bit of a joke about <laughs> Wizards of the Coast and, and their interaction with programming. Uh, can, can they do decent spin-offs? No. <laughs> Duels of the Planeswalkers works. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to be that blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Duels of the Planeswalkers works. It's not amazing. The yoga ball really likes it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 do you want to play? I, you know, I just got a coffee. Okay, I, 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 unlocked, I, unlocked, I unlocked all the goblin quests, card, quest cards. I, I, I have this goblin deck. I got Rebel Masters. No, 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 Yoga Ball. That's not fun to play against Red Deck Wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, with, with Magic Origins on the horizon, it's pretty understandable to hopefully. Be back in a, back in a magic mood. <laughs> back into goblins. Hopefully, Origins Duels Origins comes out. It's already been delayed. <laughs> Again, can Wizards of the Coast do spinoffs? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've heard some rumblings about the release date for Deals of the Planeswalkers 2016 being pushed back a fair bit, which is a real shame. Well, it, it was reported for ESRB and Tupac as being as coming out on the 15th. Mm-hmm. You can tell that it's not the 15th. Yeah. And the most recent thing is they're aiming for the end of the month. Oh, jeez. Mind you, it's already out on iOS devices, and there's a beta of it on Steam, which Talon has seen what I think about the one person on Twitch who's streaming the beta (laughs) of Magic Duel's Origins. I want to make this clear. I do not not enjoy your suffering, Jeff. But your ability to make your suffering funny is very good. <laughs> Watching someone playing what is effectively a red-white bears and bolts deck defensively. It's like, oh no, he played a 3-3. I guess I can't attack. It's like watching the Yoko Ball try to play fucking magic. It's terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. Now, uh, what about you, Fox? Have you been playing any games lately? Uh, nothing much on the video game front. Did finally find myself a pit amiibo. Hey! <laughs> which means that if I can just get my hands on Sheik, I will have all of the ones who are in my, like, must-own list, which is only, like, five. Everyone else is like, ah, I don't have a lot of money! <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of interested in Palutena, but she has this weird horse face thing going on. <laughs> I don't know if it's all the models or just the one that was in our local store, but no. yeah, she she didn't come out of it well. And I know that last night, you got to play Timeline! I did! I was gonna say, I have been playing a couple of board games. Because that's also the first time I played Resistance last yes. night. And I've played Resistance Avalon before, mm-hmm. but not Resistance proper. I think Avalon is definitely an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those not aware... The basics of Resistance is it's a card game where... Well, not really a card game, but it's a game where you use cards. It's a hidden identity game. Yeah, it's a hidden identity game where there are, in our group of five people, two of them are spies and they're trying to make sure we screw up on our missions. It's basically sitting down and lying to your friends or convincing your friends that other people (laughs) are lying to them. So it's like Werewolf or Mafia. Yeah, Werewolf Mafia, they're both, they're very classic examples. The, the, the thing about Resistance that I quite like, is why I got it and why I did, I was like, hey everyone, let's play this, is that 
it's a very discreet packet of game. You play it once for about half an hour, then you put it away and you don't play it again for a <laughs> then while. Then you do because I like lying through your teeth for that long in a stretch is really uh I don't want to say stressful. Exhausting. Fuck, what's the word? Exhausting, yeah, actually. It's a physically tiring game to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's evocative, it depending yeah. on your personality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying people shouldn't have fun doing it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a you know it's an adrenaline kind of experience, and therefore when you're done, you're kind of like, oh Jesus. The worst <laughs> thing is when for a while. the worst. If you ever decide to play that game against me, <laughs> you'll have to be on your egg. The thing, the thing with that game particularly, that I just the the feelings that come with it is when like there's this sort of relief of like oh I'm a resistance member we got through we succeeded yay that's great when you're a spy and you watch as someone else who you know is a resistance member it's like okay I believe you you're sitting there quietly vibrating trying not going, to go me don't give a tell don't give a tell don't give a tell you remember the point where I grabbed the rules and had to read them? Yeah. That's because I forgot how many wins were required. <laughs> but if I had asked that at that point, you would have looked at me and gone, why do you want to lose this round? <laughs> it's the yeah, only it... possible reason I could have had for asking that question at that point. Excuse like, me. I need to check something much... in the book. Shut up for a second, guys. Excuse me. How much have we won so far? <laughs> <laughs> I may need to check the prices on spy supplies. <laughs> I mean, stocks. I mean, uh, weapons for freedom fighters. Uh, I mean, cool tattoos that we can put on our cyberpunk shaved heads. Now, I, I like the aesthetic of Resistance better, but I do think that Avalon is a slightly better game. I wonder how you could retrofit the uh, Merlin Assassin, like, you know, have, like, a Scion or something. Ooh. Psychics are common in cyberpunk, aren't they? It's like the kind of magic that's not regarded as being really magic-y. <laughs> it's so magic-y! But also timeline. brain magic But also timeline, which I, I just straight up loved timeline. That was a ton of fun. I I see why it might wear out because even in the I think we played it three times yeah and we started running into a fair number of duplicate cards yeah on the other hand you could just keep buying more decks and shoving them all in together so uh, hey on a, you on can a, always on, just capitalism <laughs> on a uh, on a me like mechanistic note like the physical tangible objects of that game those cards aren't very easy to shuffle that's true because they're so small they're they're smaller than standard size yeah. and while they are very stiff. They, uh, they're very well laminated, which means they do stick very slightly. Um, yeah, we've been playing mostly board and card games lately. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, well. I do have a computer game that I've been playing that I can't really talk about because I've only been playing it for literally a couple of hours and oh. it's not technically <laughs> out anywhere. It's just a friend of mine. How are you under an NDA? I'm not under an NDA, but a friend of mine has made... This, this game got taken around as a demo at E3. Oh. Uh, it doesn't currently have a name, but yeah. Uh, a, a friend of mine developed this game on his own as a little Unity project and it you, you play a samurai swiping left and right on your phone to attack people who are attacking you and it's really fun. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard, but it's really fun. Yeah, it's looks very nice too, I have to say. Yeah. It's it's Evo week, so I've been getting nostalgic about old games like uh Evo was a basically ah. Evo was a role playing event effectively in City of Heroes in that one of the characters who who was in our circle of friends was a fight game geek. So she'd go to Evo. It's like, well, shit. Sure, I'm a role player. I'm going to send my characters off to Evo with her. That's cool. We're going to hang out at Evo and do badly at Evo, but we're going to have fun. It's going to be cool. And and so it, it's really weird. It's like this con that I have virtually attended despite being nothing like... Virtually attended imaginary versions of. Exactly. And, and I find that legitimately interesting. It, it is a it is a connecting event even if you're not physically there. It's mm, an odd thing. So is this why you've been uh, musing about King of Fighters and pulling up old yeah. character picks and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> that and inexplicably, um, I I stumbled into a vein of King of Fighters fan art. The classical gender flipped versions of characters. You, you see this for almost every single type of franchise. <clears throat> Someone will draw an opposite gender version of any character. Mm. And the thing that I found really amazing is that if I wanted to find a picture of the of two of the main characters of King of Fighters, Kyokusanagi and Yori Yagami. If I wanted to find a picture of them fighting, I could find them as boys or girls. If I wanted to find a picture of them doing it, I could find them as boys <laughs> or girls. If I wanted to find pictures of them hugging, could not find that as boys. 
What, boys can't hug? Fuck you, fan artists. <laughs> well, they try to hug and then they slip and, and the dick goes in. <laughs> is this making the edit? I understand this is how yes. penises work as a non-penis haver myself. Oh, God. Are we outsourcing the edit to the yoga ball again? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I thought the whole thing was funny. I mean, I, I, I was trying to find where I could cut it out. It's just, uh, I started I started scrubbing back and forth and... You know, the dick fell in and the dick fell out. And I just, I, I, I got lost. And the yoga ball, no, no, this is not good. It's not how you edit. <laughs> She's lost it. We have a mascot. It was reminding me of the cuckoo clock show. <laughs> we have a mascot now. <laughs> Ellie, you've been upstaged. We've got two mascots now. Yeah. So, uh... What were we talking about? We were, we were still in the what have you been playing section of the game. <laughs> hey, oh, right, right. The boys weren't hugging. Yes. Pe- people people who do gender flip character art, stop changing people's proportions just because they're changing their damn genders. Like, if a character is muscly as a boy, make a muscly girl. Don't make a yeah. tiny little bishojo thing. Let's yeah. have some, let's have some swole ladies. <laughs> yes. Hell, just, just body type diversity in general. Yes. Like, which is something SMK are pretty good at, actually. It's it's like when you get Steven Universe fan art and they've drawn Amethyst inexplicably slender. Like, I'm not saying you should have to draw Boo. things perfectly. It's just that character usually is depicted in the show as being chubby, and it's kind of a thing. Kind of a thing, yeah. Don't don't disregard that. It's like when I was looking for, uh, when I went on a little bit of a, a t- Twitter, not really a rant, but a Twitter binge of, of sharing some of the artwork of the uh, the women characters in Magic, and I started looking for Captain Sisse, and I oh, found yeah. fan art of Captain Sisse. Most of the fan art of Captain Sisse, she was white. Yeah, like what? <sighs> She's from friggin' Mirage. <laughs> like I She's like most of the official black. art of her, but not because of her ethnicity. Yeah. Just because then our great the art then wasn't very good. Some modern art that looks really cool. Yeah, I nerd. And, and just it, it is slightly inexplicable that you would take like there aren't a whole bunches of pictures of her where she's covert. Where, like you know, it's ambiguous. All the pictures I could think of of her, she's definitely no, not a white lady. It's pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> ah well, nerd. <sighs> Diversity erasure. Nice work, guys. I put out on Twitter the question of what's some stuff you'd like to hear us discuss on the DL podcast. DL podcast, where shaped like an elongated postcard you might use for an art opening. Ha! Uh, Did I just make a joke about paper sizes? Yes. Now we can't edit it. Now we can't get rid of that. <laughs> like that's the stuff. nerdiest nut. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, but Hoodie Joy asked if we could talk about player story versus game story. Here's the thing. None of us are really certain what that means. <laughs> But I think it's an interesting phrase, so I think I can talk for a little bit about what I'm pretty sure it might mean. And if we get that wrong, that's okay. I'm sure Faye will correct us, and we can go back and do it again. This week's segment, as you were as you were as you were talking, I just it occurred to me I, what I think Faye meant was like the difference between when I was playing Dark Souls, the difference between uh, the 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 voyage, the the journey of the chosen undead. You know, going through the place and the thing and fighting the monsters and the, the fire and the flame and the, all that. Yeah. It versus my Twitter feed of the adventures of Crotch Knight looking exactly. for exciting new stuff to wear to show off the crotch of the night. That's actually what I was thinking they were getting at with the idea that there are narratives players create in games and there is the narrative that the game has as a sort of a priori expect- expectation. I've, I've mentioned in the past the idea of video Did, did he make that word up? <laughs> Fox, did he make that word up? But what did he say? I wasn't listening. A priori. He talks a lot. <laughs> a priori is Latin. Oh, no, no, that, that's Latin. That's, that's okay. pedigree language, that is. <laughs> Just check. Just check. The really sad thing is I learned that in church. Um... <laughs> That would be a very useful word to have that when you were talking about religious really, arguments. 
really church is a place where it's not unexpected to learn some Latin. <laughs> anyway. Does that mean the A should be pronounced uh, or is it actually A? I don't know. The idea... I- I've mentioned in the past that I view games as devices that make stories. And video games, because video games can have a sort of built-in narrative to them, the story that they create will often be influenced by the story that they tell. And I know those two things sound like they're kind of at odds with each other. Um, no, I, I was raising my eyebrow because I was going to say, I, I raise your theory uh, to say that humans are devices that tell stories. <laughs> that's a good point. I, I think that might be the more central fact. Mm. So humans are games. Humans are video games and so is oh, SimCity. God, everything is games! And so, SimCity is definitely a game, we've proven it. Yeah. Well, I will I, tell Corinne at first opportunity. Well, well consider, consider that SimCity, as... Like, SimCity is a fascinating game to look at in terms of story because the assumptions made by SimCity's creators about what makes a functional city contains so many biases... (laughs) And they mm-hmm. they're not being biased. Well, also, it doesn't have a story exactly. It has aspects and mechanics and accidental messaging that creates a story, but that is a player story, isn't it? I that mean, would be... So, those, it's certainly not those, a game those, that the designers... Sorry, a story that the designers wrote into the game. But the, the mechanics themselves are arranged in such a way that it, the, the the bias and opinion of the, of the, the people making those systems oh, yeah, yeah. is hard-coded. Yeah. Essentially, it has its own narrative, like, a city grows from its industrial base. Yep. And the idea that, um, homeless people are just an inevitability. Just, you, city of a certain size, it's gonna have this many homeless people. Sorry. Suck it. You can't do anything about that. Really? Uh. Can also make assumptions about natural resources. Yeah. Like, isn't basically nuclear power the ultimate goal of, uh, fueling your city? Fusion power is the ultimate goal. Microwave? That is nuclear, isn't it? Uh, they, there are nuclear power plants, fusion power plants, and the microwave power plant. Yeah. Ah, okay. The microwave is the top tier. And the only occasional misfire and blowing up of a city. I, I, for the record, I don't particularly have anything against nuclear power. I just think it's kind of interesting since I live in Australia. Yeah. The, that, that right there is another thing. Like, nuclear power isn't as viable in Australia because we don't have the same access to cooling water that, uh... You're surrounded by water. Yeah, but none of it's in the middle. And it's, uh, typically it's... Fox, Fox, you can move water from one location to another. (laughs) This is a long way to move water, though. (laughs) This is an awfully long way. Well, with a nuclear power plant, the the greatest concern is cooling water. (laughs) And we have a very hard time with cooling things and with, you know, water that isn't covered in salt. So There's, 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 There's snow. If we could use salt water, they've been, they've been showing, they've been, they've been showing on the, they've been showing on the news. There's parts of Australia that have been snowing. Yeah, yeah. The only part we have like three ski slopes in the entire fucking country, and in some ski seasons, the cheap one can't open. But still, <laughs> just just that stuff. For example, the the fact that in for in SimCity, it's always assumed that you have a fairly cool atmosphere and a fairly cool supply of water, so nuclear power is very viable. Um. That's Do they have a real world calendar? I admit I haven't played uh, any of the more recent SimCities, so I don't know. Not of any significant effect. I was just taking a guess at, like, if they had a season cycle in the game. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing that would have been another Northern Hemisphere's title. Yeah. Well, there are no, more people no. in the Northern Hemisphere. It is, the, like, the least amongst prejudices. But still now, like, Sim, now Sim Farm. Sim Farm did. Yeah. And Sim Farm's uh, season cycle was based on was based on your geographic location. Oh, like, like if you set up your location. Well, you That's could set nice. it for you could you could tell it, well, here I am, so here's what it'll be like, oh, you are here, so you don't have spring. That's nice. <laughs> I appreciate them thinking of that. The nicest little tidbit would be if it changed the calendar from fall to autumn. That would also be really nice. <laughs> the point is... How could th- you not want to use the word autumn? It's like the prettiest word. <laughs> I would marry that word, or at least make smooches on that word. It would be my girlfriend. <laughs> the goddamn pretty word. Uh, and this this whole player story... Well, I'm, glad, I'm, glad you think, I'm glad you think that that's actually my real name. It's not your real name. So. <laughs> The... I'm glad you can't see me because every time I do the yoga ball voice, I look one direction. And then when I start, when I answer it, I look the other way. <laughs> I figured it was that or a sock puppet. Um... <laughs> okay, that's how we're going to make the, the yoga, yoga ball. ball picture. It's going to be a sock puppet. Anyway. I'm pretty sure I got a bath mat we could use. <laughs> 
the idea of the story that a player brings to the table, the story that the player gets out of a game versus the story that the game is trying to tell you, those two things don't have to necessarily be at odds. Jeb's story with Dark Souls is one I can think of in my case. And it, it, this is another RPG thing, and I know that these have happened elsewhere, but Devil Survivor. The Devil Survivor protagonist is fairly blank. And the greater arc <laughs> of Devil Survivor follows a bunch of different possible routes, but not really a very hard single storyline. There's forks no, and branches. it's kind of uh, radically varied at the, the end branches, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the Even character... Even though the character himself doesn't act much different. Yeah, the, the character expressed by the choices you make isn't very... The game doesn't do a lot to kind of fill that vessel oh you, right yeah you sort of have to do it yourself you mostly change the story you rarely change the character mm. and they released a manga which was based in their estimation written by the same people so i i played the game and i got my version of the protagonist through that uh nicknamed lucky star whose name by the way is always lucky star in my head now yeah and then i read the manga and in the manga they the, the character is this fairly diverse, fairly middle-range, spread character who picks up abilities from this and that and the other, and broadly speaking is very generic protagonist. Whereas the one I played was... <laughs> known as Ma Rio. <laughs> Got three attacks in a turn and could move his full movement between them. Well, the, the Mercilessly is... pounded the shit out of everything. <laughs> he was aggressive and he punched things a lot. <laughs> and he, di Same. he did... Th and he did that because the only way to stop his friends from being hurt was to hurt other people. And that story flowed effect flowed intuitively from me. I didn't sit back and say, all right, what am I going to tell with this game? I was just like, well, I like this strength ability. I'm going to keep picking up this strength ability. I'm only giggling because this is generally what Talon plays. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right to have a type. Yeah. Um... And, and that sort of characterization through experience and the fact that I, I had a slightly different story to the one that the game even told you about. The game, the game generally said, I, I think at one point the game said, after all, you know how to be merciful. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, um, <laughs> I've heard of it. Just because you don't do it stop doesn't mean punching. you don't know how. <laughs> I know how to stop being merciful. Stop punching when they stop moving. Yes, it's something... Look, I am punching angels for the freedom of Japan, alright? Give me a break. Hey, the angels started it. It's true, they did. Uh, on the other hand, you can also look at um, the experience a friend of mine had playing Mirror's Edge, where she really enjoyed the experience of playing Mirror's Edge, but she couldn't play it for very long. Got very motion sick. Ah. So, for her, Mirror's Edge was these short 15-minute windows of checkpoint to checkpoint, and it broke up the experience for her a lot, and she said that she actually lost track of the main plot. And instead, it no, felt the, like... the main plot was garbage. Well, yeah. And she said it, it felt a lot like what I was really doing was playing this runner, did the drop-off, next runner, did the drop-off, next runner. And it broke that game up by a simple element of accessibility. I I wished so much that they'd had a, you know, mission-based kind of structure in that. Not necessarily swapping between characters. I, I liked the character. I thought she was cool and interesting. But, you know, the actual plot thread you were supposed to be following was really... Just subpar. Not living up to the rest of the game's potential. Yep. So, yeah, it, in a lot of ways it would have been more fun to just sort of decide what you were doing for yourself and have the game provide the action that conveyed that. Mm. This is this kind of relates back to why I always love City of Heroes so damn much. They had they, they certainly had a plot going. They, they, you know, had your usual RPG variety of shit tons of plots you could go and hunt out if you want. But if... Just the experience of being a superhero and doing superhero things was what you wanted out of the game. You could very easily just go, I don't care about the plot. This is what my character is doing. This is what me and my friends are all doing. Let's go, you know, beat bad guys and do superhero stuff. This isn't... You know, that's... Uh, you know, that's uh, I almost kind of think that's what I don't like about Guild Wars 2. Yeah. Uh, Guild, Wars, Guild Wars 2 um, removes that. Removes that whole player story thing in, ah. in favor of a, a game author... A game-specific player story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is... Uh, I had this problem every, with Ion. Every, every action you do in, in Guild Wars along the... Until you reach the the end game is along this point to point path, and you know this is your personal, this is your character's development, and yeah. blah 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 blah. It's like that's not why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, this is it this takes is exactly a lot of the life out of out of out of the game for me. Yeah, it's no, also not well written. 
you know, talk up how strong a plot they have, because people have rightly noticed that plots in MMOs are usually kind of garbagey. So they, you know, this is really different. It's a really strong, character-focused experience, character-driven story, and that's just not what I want out of an MMO. I, I want my story. This is my character. You don't know how to write them. Yeah. Now, this story isn't mine. Um, this story isn't even someone I know. This is a story I heard from a YouTuber talking. But fairly poor person growing up during the era of the PlayStation didn't have access to a PlayStation. Everything they did was rentals through Australian video rental stores. Okay. And he rented a PlayStation for a weekend and Resident Evil. And he didn't rent a memory card. Yeah, I remember <clears throat> this. And he said that game, by default, he's gone back and played it since. It's not that tense. It's not that scary. It's not that... <laughs> harrowing an experience but when you can't save can't die <laughs> you creep around you are paranoid you are terrified and in that case that's a matter of his his economic means at the time <laughs> limiting the type of game he could play and that in turn limited the kind of uh, experience that, that defined the kind of story he got out of that game that's an extreme uh, extreme sample that uh your your environmental and your economic and your social situations inform the kind of experience you have with the game, and that's uh, why it's so important to consider the to consider and evaluate the other perspectives that people have when they look at a game because they're not seeing it the same way you are. Like that game. Uh, yes, I am just thinking back on on how much I used to love JRPGs. Um, before my, uh, well, shall we say before games became a lot more affordable in general and finishing a game became a, more of a time concern than a difficulty concern. Before time, back, back when time was a thing that you had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would play certain types of games over and over and over again, uh, because I had a limited pool of them and I, you had to make the most of what you got, but you wanted to keep playing games. And even just how much I value having games on my handheld console. Like, I bless the home consoles, I still like them, but uh, even just the fact that it's in the other room means I'm so much less likely to go in there and play that than to sit out here and play one of the many things I could play at my desk and still chat with Talon and whatnot. There's a non-zero chance at any time that someone is going to be in a situation where they need to talk to me in a fairly emergency fashion. So for me, when the idea is going away from an instant messenger service... I oh god, I can't really... remember the last time I saw you play something on an actual console. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't do it very much. And it makes me a little sad, because it makes me feel like I'm missing out on this stuff. You know, Talon, the, the, the Xbox One, the Xbox and Xbox One both have Skype on them, right? You know that, right? <laughs> no, I did not know that. That's you can actually really cool. use Skype while you're playing your Xbox. That's pretty awesome. Anyway. Well, these days I, I should record the podcast from my Xbox. <laughs> That's pretty While cool. playing Assassin's Creed 4. I'll start <laughs> singing along with the CJTs. <laughs> So, can you think of any other games you've played, and to make it harder, non-RPG games, where the story uh, you got out of them was distinctly different to the story they were telling? Um, excuse me, are you forgetting Vampire Hunter Misty? Or Vampire <laughs> Mare Misty? <laughs> that was amazing. That was a... So cool. <laughs> For listeners who didn't, for the listener who didn't catch that the first time, that was a dwarf fortress, right, Jeb? That was that was a, a Jeb fortress where ah. uh, the where I started naming my dwarves after my friends and people I know on Twitter. Uh, Misty wound up being the mayor of the of our fortress, and later I discovered that she was a vamp, that she was a Dracula. And so, <laughs> as a Dracula, the, the wisest thing to do when you have a Dracula is to seal them inside a very nice room with some some decorative <laughs> some nice decorations and then uh, an office desk and have them be your accountant <laughs> <laughs> but that's when but that is when the uh, that's when the werelamas attacked <laughs> everything changed when the werelamas attacked can you be a vampire and a werelama at the same time yes uh, the the uh, um, the the werelama I sent out my my militia to attack the Werelama when we discovered it was there, and we successfully defeated it. But two people, two of my dwarves, got bit, and we dragged the injured to the hospital deep down the heart of our fortress. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that is just the opposite of what you do when you've been bitten by a were or anything. 
where they proceeded to then turn into werelamas themselves and started murdering the rest of the <laughs> sick and the wounded. The only uh, the, the child dwarves everywhere just dropped dead, and every, oh. everything was awful. There was this huge stench of miasma through the fortress, and we had only one thing we could do. We the last miner that we had alive picked up gold, picked up his copper pick and started slowly breaking the way at the walls that contained Vampire Mayor Misty, <laughs> the only one strong enough to defeat the Werelamas. <laughs> this is amazing. Dwarf Fortress is the best game in the world. <laughs> if you can climb the cliff. What about you, Fox? Can you think of any games where there was a story that you put in it? You told me I wasn't allowed to talk about RPGs. Oh, you can. Oh, fine. You can talk about RPGs. I am suspecting the best kinds of games for this are probably going to be your roguelikes and whatnot because they rely on player story. Mm-hmm. Really, um, I just kind of cheated more than saying this is a roguelike game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's one just a really good story, so. But I, well, I, that's the thing. I don't usually get emergent stories from my games. I usually force stories on games. Yeah. Like when I decided that my Fire Emblem character was a girl, even if it was supposed to be a boy, because I wanted a girl barbarian. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, this, this is the nature of me as a storyteller. I do, uh, I'm very deliberate about stories. I don't usually get them by accident. I was going to say that you were part of an emergent story for me, in that when we played Saints Row uh, 3 multiplayer, I I played it, I, I'd played the game before, I knew what all the stuff was, and therefore there was no rush for me to go through the content in a particular way. I wanted you to experience the content the way that you wanted to play it, which <laughs> meant that I kept on going, you know, what do you want to do now, boss? Etc. So and so forth, which meant that whenever the cutscenes came up and there was this character of like, oh, it's the boss of the saints, and it's my character on the screen. It's like, yeah, I've got to handle this because the boss is coming behind me, and she'll fuck things up even worse. <laughs> and so I wound up playing this kind of right hand man. You're gonna handle this because it requires a sniper rifle, and I'm only interested in punching things until I get a rocket launcher. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying the boss is gonna be here really soon. No, no, <laughs> no, Yoga Ball, you are not. My Saints no, no. rule, bitches. No, Yoga Ball, don't say that. No, bad Yoga Ball, go away. You've got to close the window there, Jeb. <laughs> Yoga Ball keeps getting in. <laughs> So yeah, that kind of storytelling. Yeah, okay, that's uh, in multiplayer. The answer is always a bit different. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of missing the fact that I, I haven't gotten to multiplayer very much lately. Yeah. <laughs> I the the friend I was talking about earlier, who spent a week or so in Las Vegas, um, he used to live local to us and moved too many kilometers away. <laughs> We moved to Melbourne, okay? It's only one state over, but it's like a thousand kilometers or something. You can fit Texas between us. <laughs> yeah, sucks. Anyway, I was missing him very much when I finally got Hyrule Warriors, because he would have been there going, yeah, I understand why we need to get all the skull tellers. Let's do this shit. Yeah, obviously we have to complete the entire <laughs> There's a list of things. <laughs> I don't know why you're asking. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, know, you you know you have a Wii U. You could always get Assassin's Creed Four if you like collecting things. I could always what? You could always get Assassin's Creed Four if you like collecting things. Is that on the Wii? What oh, Wii U? Yeah. Ah, I thought it was only on the uppity graphics knob consoles. Nope, it's on the Wii U. You could you could you could be a pirate and you could you could chase you could chase down you could collect songs you could ah. collect sea shanties. I am the kind of person who would have collected all the fucking feathers in Assassin's Creed Two. So there you go. I, I, I did. <laughs> well done, Jeb. I, I almost 100% in Assassin's Creed 2, except for, like, one achievement that was, like, uh, throw sand in someone's eye, and into your to guard's eyes, and then like, stab them or something. Oh, yeah. And I didn't do that because I didn't know how to throw sand in their fucking eye. <laughs> I'm reminded of my time playing Assassin's Creed 1, where my oh, Altair... Yeah. <laughs> would cruise around Arca trying to find Templars to knife in the back. <laughs> You're because... like, fuck this plot. I am. He, our friend told him that you couldn't assassinate. He was pretty sure you couldn't assassinate Templars until I was like, right, I'm having this. <laughs> 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 Turns out you can. It's just really hard. Yep. <laughs> The point of the matter is I was interested in killing Templars because Templars are dicks. They basically stood around the world in one place not doing anything with a big sign on them that said dick. 
Yeah, but they also had like sight lines and whatnot. It was very hard to sneak up. Oh, on yeah. Them. So I'm not saying it was yeah. easy. I'm saying it was inviting. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just standing there with a treasure chest behind him and everything, going, mm, "I'm going to look in this direction." I sure am a dick, aren't I? Hello there. I, I look sure? around Arker and I think this was a job well done. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Exactly. Though, so I since you brought up multiplayer, I am now thinking of uh, Monaco. Ah, yes. Oh. Which we did get some quite fun emergent stories <laughs> out of. Because I am the kind of person who picks one character and fixates upon, uh, you know, chloroforming people. I was going to say, hey, Jen, do you want to guess what ga- what character Fox played in Monaco? <laughs> sounds like sounds like she was the cleaner. The closest thing to an assassin. <laughs> and this meant that we would go through maps and there would be guards left alive and Fox would be like, hang on a second. <laughs> hey, I didn't kill them. You're just... But that was very often a case of like someone being like, oh shit, I, I just turned this corner, there's a whole bunch of guards in here just at the moment I'm entering from the other side going, I got it. Click, 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 click. <laughs> and Monaco is a game about things going magnificently cockeyed. Tis. So it worked out really well, especially when you had four people sitting in a physical space yelling at each other, not quite able to communicate about the thing they're looking at on screen. <laughs> so instead you got lots of, ah, help, what, help, how, what, where? We even had a wonderful case of two and two because you and I were in the office and our two friends were at the the living living room room table. So we could both see what each other was doing and talk directly to each other and then we had to yell to the people in the other room. (laughs) That is a very fun way to play a four-player game. (laughs) So when are we playing Magicka? <laughs> we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about emergent stories. So you yeah, have to play Magicka multiplayer. I have to get my hands on that. Yes, mm-hmm. it's true. Ma- Magicka is a genuinely impressive uh, emergent game. Maybe we should ask the listener and several of the listeners' friends to vote on what the DLC should you know stream four player of. Yeah, we need to find a fourth player. Well, yeah, we'd rec- <laughs> we would we would recruit the listener to be the fourth player. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's only one listener. So if the, if the listener was comfortable doing so. Yes. Jeff, Jeff, quick, do a yoga bowl bit. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't just make it happen. <laughs> it's funny because the yoga ball himself, he just goes up and says, like, hey, you should do a yoga ball. Right here. <laughs> so no yoga ball. You can't make it happen. You can't, you can't just do a yoga ball. <laughs> Is that the after credit stinger we just made accidentally? I think it's going to be. <laughs> oh, mother of God. <clears throat> hey, Talon, uh, tell us, well, rather, let, let me let me do that again. <laughs> hey, Talon, what are you, wait, no, that's a different part of the show. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about in that I am a player who tends to force a story. One of the ways I often wind up doing that, especially when you give me open world games, is that I set my own goals and ignore the goals of the story. So I was going to ask Talon, tell us about your Fallout 3 character. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean Fallout 3 or do you mean Fallout New Vegas? I mean Fallout 3. Fallout 3. Um, I, I had a character who, on a whim, after doing a rather bloody bit of combat, assassinating basically a room full of people who were pretty bad. I can't even remember where in particular it was. I noticed in the room where they'd all been killed there was a teddy bear. So Mm -hmm. I I took the teddy bear. And then I went back to my house and I put the teddy bear on the bed. I was like, yeah. And then at another job I noticed that there was another teddy bear in amongst all the crap. So I was like, I'll take the teddy bear as well. And what followed is a character who collected every orphaned teddy bear they ever came across (laughs) and put them all on the bed in Megaton, resulting in a giant pile of teddy bears. (laughs) I don't know why I did it. (laughs) You couldn't leave the teddy bear to deal with that kind of carnage. They'd be lonely. It's it's ammo for your rocket launcher. (laughs) Never. You've never oh. shot someone's head off with a teddy bear. No. You are the worst. No, no. I I tended to favor small guns in all Fallout's, which is where uh the second character who emerged from a Fallout. The, I I have this thing where um out of a whole bunch of puritanical fear as a child, I avoided playing any video games where you played a woman. Like this this sounds really odd. I know, but I felt like guilty. At just doing it. And so this meant that in role-playing games and creative spaces, well after I'd grown up, I was still always playing dudes. And in the past couple of years, it's been made clear to me that, you know, that, that does kind of make the landscape boring, doesn't it? Like, yeah, you're right. So when it I gives sat- the wrong impression of you. Certainly, yeah. And when I sat down to play Fallout New Vegas, this is like the first time this has happened in a single-player game for me for a long time. So I sat down, look left, look right, look suspiciously around, make sure no one's around to judge me. <laughs> And I made a woman character. And it was exactly the same way I would make any boy character. Except now, 
instead of being like this weedy, nerdy guy who has access to a sniper rifle and, you know, solves problems from a very long distance through a lens, it's the same thing and a woman. And it casts very little of the game differently, but it tangibly felt different to me. And I know that's so... I know this is, like, really embarrassingly basic. (laughs) This makes a lot of sense. You said similar things about Mass Effect being a much better story uh, if it has a female shepherd at the center of it. Yeah. uh, I I felt that... and, And one of the things that emerged from this was the character was constantly demanding respect. Because when it was a wimpy, nerdy guy, no one ever, like, there wasn't anyone really talking smack about him in the same way. Whereas in the game, whereas you would get very occasionally NPCs in New Vegas who would make offhanded comments about, hey, you're a lady, do you want to do this thing? Which I know that's just color and flavor of the world. Yeah, yeah. But it meant that she was basically a much more angry person. And she wound up getting like this little anthology story in little tiny notes that I would write down to myself of what she, uh, when she went to fight with the tribals in the DLC of Honest Hearts, where she would refer to herself as she who spake with the voice of thunder. <laughs> and all that flowed just from that one little decision to not play a boy. And I know that... I. Honestly, I'm embarrassed of this story. I, I'm genuinely embarrassed that this is a thing that still goes on in my head. You don't ever have to be embarrassed about overcoming your conditioning. <laughs> still. Whew. I hope I'm not pink right now. Um. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I do have another, I have another dwarf torture story. Go on. <laughs> the giant mantis ladies. <laughs> hey. Go on. Okay, uh, I start... I had started up another Jet Fortress on the, the last, the computer I had before this one, or the, before the one I had a couple computers ago anyways. I had started up a, a brand new Fortress with the, the new, the newest update of, of Dwarf Fortress, and it was a very swampy and wooded area, and there weren't too many natural predators or anything, but what there were, were two giant mantis people, and they were both women, and they would sit high up in a tree watching my dwarves every day as they did their dwarf and they just watch. They'd sit up there and they'd watch. And they were never apart. They were always right beside each other. So it's like these two these two queer giant mantis women just watching these dwarves, wondering what's going on, hoping they don't touch the precious tree. <laughs> and so I never touched the tree. Aww. It seemed very nice. respectful of you, Red. It seemed very nice. That's wonderful. Did they eventually come down and eat you or did it did you live in peace? My computer blew up before I got like oh, computer blew up, no. so <laughs> Uh, dwarf they're fortress. just in the void now. All Dwarf Fortress stories end in tragedy. <laughs> All Dwarf Fortress stories end in my computer. Dude, <laughs> I, I did just remember something else. Go on. Um, well, uh, you know how there's been the discussion of Bioware romances and how if you basically romance everyone, you come across as kind of this utterly detached uh, fake person who's just saying whatever your companions want to hear to, you know, make them look favorably upon you. Yeah. I did this in Baldur's Gate 2 with a romance patch on. Uh, mostly just because I hate the fact that the romance options start fighting over you. Uh, and it's like inevitable if you have them in the same party. Cause I, I think that kind of reflects quite badly upon the characters themselves. Yeah. Jahir and Ari get along so well if you're not interested in either of them, but suddenly they have cat fights if they, yeah, it's just annoying. It, it does reflect a fairly simplistic view of women. If I can be so rude about the writer. A fairly simplistic view of, of male-female relationships. Like, you know, you, in a lot of cases that means you can't be nice to them without making their relationship with each other about you. Yeah. And that's crap. So, yeah. Um, and this this meant I was sort of playing to all of the characters at once, though. And this formed the idea of the character I had because I don't like playing Bathspawn particularly much either. I know that's what you're in the game to do, but whenever I play a boy character, I'm like, I don't really see the version of this character who has godly powers and murderous intent and whatever. Um, so I I wound up playing a character who was uh, strictly in my own head, a changeling, <laughs> who was basically a lying fuck, who was in fact saying whatever, whatever he thought would stop his party from killing each other and him. If someone asks you if you're the spawn of Baal, <laughs> you say yes. <laughs> I, it turned into a really interesting story. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there are certain points that a lot of the romance tracks got to where I was like, is he feeling bad about this yet? 
how, how far is he going to let this character assume that this is a romantic relationship instead of just a case of, I'm going to die if I'm out there by myself. Oh. And it actually meant that he wound up keeping Minsk in his party for the entire game. Because he's like, <laughs> this guy is just a big, dumb, nice guy who is never going to suspect me, who is never going to, you know, turn on me because I'm... Uh, you know, creepy because of this or that or whatever. It's just like, yeah, big, big, strong, non-judging protector. Hi there. I like you, your you, hamster. You, you know, Minsk is a, is a good guy. He's, he's never going to give you up. He's never, no, 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 yoga ball. No, not here. No. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> yeah, so a uh, really, really interesting version of Baldur's Gate, and there's no point where the game really argues with you about it, except until the very end, and I tend to ignore the epilogues anyway, because I think most of them are crap. They are mostly crap. <laughs> okay. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news is fit to print for the months of June and July, 2001. Uh, I could, I could, I could, I could, I could sponsor No, Yoga Ball, you cannot sponsor, you don't have money. I, I cast a wider net than I usually do. We we tend to go whole year if there's not a lot of news, and we tend to go one month or one week at a time if there's a lot. In this case, July appears to be this weirdo dead zone. Like, last year, it was nothing but odd uh, uh, re-releases and, and, you know, tie-in games. It wasn't a particularly busy time of year. Obviously, E3 plays a part in that. Evo plays a part in that. There's just a bunch of stuff going on. That Gamescom, Gamescom, everything. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you kept something under your hat until E3 and then you were like, and we're releasing it now? Uh, Everyone indies, would lose their shit. A couple of indies have tried that. It just means they get disappeared. I don't think it would work for an indie. No. I'm talking about like, a, you know, if suddenly they're like, oh, by the way, we finished the new Zelda. Here it is. <laughs> uh, worked all right for, uh, for, for Microsoft with their backwards compatibility. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, this is a thing that you could do now. You're actually like, oh shit, I need something really respectable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, okay, so that kind of dampens the release schedule. Hence, you're including June as well, that's the I, idea? I am including June. It's 2001. So, to give you some context, mm, Dreamcast is in its last days. Death throws. I wasn't going to call it that. Uh, the <laughs> PlayStation. Excuse me, the Dreamcast is not dead. There's an independent. Uh, JRPG that came out for it a couple years ago. Yep. Are you kidding? Not kidding at all. We, that Not was kidding one of the at all. Where do I get this? This is one of the first retro gaming users. I, I, like, I still have a Dreamcast. Where do I get this? I <laughs> recently, you can you can order it online. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I can find it. Sweet. I actually intend on buying it too, because I just recently bought Dreamcast. Nice. Hi. <laughs> I miss VMUs. <laughs> I mean, it's a very silly thing to miss, but I, I did actually used to carry my chow around on a on a key ring and, you know, play with it during break. Yep. I still need to buy it. Yeah. I was amazed at how much fucking cheaper they were in the... We've been overseas one time to go to a convention in Texas for our honeymoon. Uh, and while we were there, I was like, ooh, game store. And VMUs were, what, like $12 or something? Yeah. They cost they're $60 here. here. Yeah. They're dirt cheap here. Why do you need some? It was amazing. No, I've got three now. <laughs> you, you, you want some VMUs? I can hook you up with VMUs. <laughs> I do need a new controller, actually. I fucked my controller because my Dreamcast was a store model. Because there weren't any more Dreamcasts in the country by the time I could finally afford one. All right. Also had come out at this time is the Game Boy Advance. So that's your, that's your general Ooh. framework. Game Boy Advance, PlayStation era. Uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2. 2. That's the other Sorry, thing I bought in America. 2. I got a copy of the GBA Klonoa, which is awesome. <laughs> I'm so cute. Yep. All right. So, it's almost always a gimme when it comes to a Nintendo console. Uh, <laughs> Is it a Mario? It's, it's probably a Mario. It's Super Mario Advance. Alright. Oh. Which was so good that according to the Wikipedia page, they released it twice. Was that On a... the same day. <laughs> was that a remake of an earlier Super Mario, or was it just the Super Mario for GBA? Because you can never fucking tell with Mario names. I can't say I'm sure. I, I uh, Super Mario Advance? Yeah. Would be Super Mario Brothers 1. Just for the... Uh, so it was a remake? It might have been Super Mario Brothers 1 and The Lost Levels. Ah, okay. Alright, next up we have a... I guess it's technically a franchise now because it's got a recent reboot. Uh, a car racing game that made use of split-screen technology. A what? A car racing game. That got a recent reboot. It got a recent reboot. Uh, an irreverent style, shall we say. That is possibly the genre I know the least about. It's true. Even less than, like, 
first-person shooters and obscure puzzle games. Hell, I'll, I'll give you this. <laughs> Car races. The icon for the game is a flaming clown's head. Oh, Twisted Metal. Yeah. Ah. This would be Twisted Metal... Twisted, Twisted Metal, Metal Black? Black. Yes. Black, yeah. Which, for, for all that I make fun of the Twisted Metal franchise in general, because I'm just not that big into racing games, that game appeared to be a lot of fun for the people who loved it. It was kind of the mm-hmm. golden eye of races at that point. Yeah, sure. It was a lot of fun for people who liked it, but yeah. there's better vehicular combat. <laughs> all right. We have either the first bad or... Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure 2. Hey, Jeff got it. Ah! <laughs> Nobody thinks Sonic Adventure 2 is the last good one. <laughs> it's definitely crap. It's the one with all the music you remember. I was going to say the first bad or the second bad. Ah! <laughs> it depends on where you fall on Sonic Adventure 1. I personally enjoyed Fine, it. Fine, that's correct. <laughs> hey, I've got to be wrong about some stuff. I'll get around to it, alright? Oh, the fu- fucking Shadow and fucking Rouge in one game. <laughs> Hey, Shadow the Hedgehog was created by Doc by by Gerald Robotnik in order to attempt to cure all diseases. I'm sorry, and I'm so, going out of the point where you told me that Doctor Robotnik's name is Gerald. It's not Doctor Robotnik, though. No, no, no. This is like his grandfather. I'm sorry, so, I'm Shadow going out the, of the Hedgehog. Point where you started talking about Doctor Robotnik's grandfather. Shadow the Hedgehog was created. Shadow the Hedgehog was created to cure all diseases. Shadow the Hedgehog was created by Sonic Team to cure all money problems. I don't know if Jeb is taking the piss or not. I just I'm not. Really this can't is... tell. No, this is almost certainly this, exactly what the truth is. This is the canon. He was created to cure all, an attempt to cure all diseases, and he was locked away by, by G, the GUN for the locked away by humanity for fifty years because this creature that was going to cure all diseases was deemed a threat to humanity. Oh, because that's God. how Sonic Team writes things. Because you don't need to take the piss out of Sonic plots, Talon. You just need to recite them. <laughs> that is what this has become. All right. There's a reason that the good Sonic games pretty much didn't have plots. Here's a guy. He's bad. Here's a guy. He's kind of a dick, but he's not bad, probably. Here's a guy. He's dumb. Here's a fox. This is what you're going to play. He's cute. Here's, 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 not, here's your boy Knuckles, he doesn't check. Here's some robots, they explode. <laughs> alright, alright. Sonic Adventure 2 didn't have the uh, off-road racer section, or the gun section that Shadow the Hedgehog had, so you can't really call it the low point for the it series. It did have a re-release of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Oh, jeez. You know, if you thought it lacked stupid minigames. <laughs> God. Alright. <clears throat> we have a game typically seen in arcades. But it also got a, pl- a console release. Is this a King of Fighters game? No, it needed a special DDR? peripheral. Uh, no, not DDR, but it did need a special peripheral to get played in the arcades. Nah, one of them. To get played in the arcades? To get played in arcades, it needed a peripheral. It's a light no, gun the, game of some kind. The 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 cons- Sorry, the stand up for the console. Sorry, the stand up for the game in arcades had a different control mechanism than all the other games. It didn't have a stick. On buttons, it had something else. So it's like gun game. It's like somebody it, a, it was a light gun game. Light gun game. Oh, okay. Silence go. No, no. A franchise and still going to my amazement. Which console had a gun peripheral at that point. Oh, uh, House of the Dead. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> if I mentioned time travel, uh, no, no. It's um, is it like Time Crisis. Time Crisis. Time Crisis. Yeah. Was that a Dreamcast game? It got a release on the Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, you can play it with the mouse. A mouse? Who had a Dreamcast mouse? I don't know. I want one. Probably I don't know there was one because you could like browse the interwebs on it yeah. very badly. Yeah. A bunch of non-compatible sites. But, you know, wasn't there a thing where like Sega's own sites didn't work well on the Dreamcast browser? Yeah. I just remember something like that. still love my Dreamcast. Yeah. All right. We also have an expansion pack to an RPG. Uh, Throne of Bale. Jesus Christ, yeah. Damn, that was what I was going to say. I, I I was trying not to Guess keep you on the hints, but yeah, Throat of Baal. The, uh, the Baldur's Gate 2 expansion, which was pretty decent, not great, pretty decent, but then one of the developers involved in it, his contract at uh, Black Isle. Black Isle. His contract at Black Isle ended, so he went out and went, okay, cool, now I've got some free time, I'm going to mod the game into the ending <laughs> we wanted and we couldn't get in done by crunch. So here is, boom, Ascension, and it was amazing. 
That game has wonderful, wonderful mods. Yeah, basically doubled the size of the of the expansion pack. <laughs> That's good value. Yeah, I, I really am impressed with the modding community for Baldur's Gate too. Properly nice people too. Still going, by the way. They still keep making stuff for that game. Yeah, I considered making an NPC mod about a year ago, and I was surprised to find how active the community still was. All right, we have an RPG from Ion Storm. Oh, um, Anachronox. Anachronox, yes, not Deus Ex. I was, I was hoping that it would trip you up. Because, you know, Deus Ex is kind of an RPG, kind of, sort of. I call it an RPG. Well, an, an no Acronox, an Acronox is, though. Anachronox is the best uh, JRPG made by a Western developer. Yeah. Cool. It is, the, it, is, it, is the, it is the game where your mouse pointer is a character, and one of your party members is a planet. A planet. A planet. planet. A planet. How that, does that uh, work? Well, you see, all the people on the planet vote for what the what the planet is going to do in the part in the in as battle actions and the, you know use special moves. They they have an election on the planet. Yeah, and the planet's name is Democratus. Very small planet. Or... It's a very small planet. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> planet hangs out with you. <laughs> I I genuinely like we we make so much fun of Ion Storm because of Daikatana. And it's that company. You make so was, much fun of Ironstorm because of John Romero. Let's be fair. Yeah, and that company was two beasts at that point, and one of them was mm-hmm. in Dallas, and they were working their butts off because they got Deus Ex done in December, and then in July they released Anachronox. Wow. Yeah. Thank they you, were. Warren Spector. Thank you. That was Warren Spector. Oh, that explains a lot. All right. Okay, I gotta. But if you if you never played if you never played uh, Anachronox, I, I highly recommend. Is it's a trip. Yep, that <laughs> sounds like it. It's up on GOG. Um, it's on. It's on Steam, Steam too. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be up on Humble for those people who genuinely want to have as few connections as possible to stuff. But yeah. <laughs> All right, we have a franchise game, sort of. Well, it's it's attached to a franchise, but it's no franchise. Well, it's part of the franchise. <clears throat> it's kind of a compilation game. Is the franchise mostly a non-video game franchise? No, it is or... a video game franchise. It okay. is a video game franchise down to the ground. It might have gotten a cartoon during the 80s or the 90s, but I don't think so. Is this like a spin-off then? Or? No. You they... don't think about a cartoon? I don't. So it's not like the Mega Man collection thing? Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, I don't know if it got a cartoon. I don't know yeah. if there was a Mega Man cartoon. It's... Super Fighting Robot doo 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 Mega Man Holy Come on! Shit. I'm from Australia, Jim. I don't think we got that. I was. You are missing the fuck out. You are so missing out. TV for fear I would hear rock music. All right. Yeah, but there was an episode of the Mega Man cartoon. There was an episode of Mega Man cartoon where they accidentally, where they wind up accidentally releasing lizard people. (laughs) Yes. Oh. um, even setting aside Talon's bizarre boxed-in upbringing, I I'm not sure that cartoon ever made it across the uh, across the Pacific, shall we say? Every once in a while, they let Roll Kick ass with her vacuum arm. <laughs> we got the Super Mario Super Brothers Super Show, but never the episodes with Legend of Zelda in them. Good, but we always got the previews. So they Did would you get tune in this week, and then they would show you like six seconds of Link saying, "Excuse me, princess." Uh, did you get the Captain and the Game Master? No. Oh, because Mega Man was in that too. Well, shows that I missed out on a lot, didn't I? <laughs> Mega Man, Mega Man Battle Network had a cartoon. There are a lot of the. I, I think that got here because that was so much later on. So, so, there's a lot of Mega Man cartoons. Yeah, I have learned something today. <laughs> Talon was wrong again. Well, to be, to be fair, I said I don't know. I didn't <laughs> say there was no. I'm counting it anyways. Yeah, fair enough. I'll let you have that one. I'm trying to imagine where the Mario show would have been. We, like, do we just get that every now and then kind of thing? Because I don't remember that ever being, like, a regular thing. No. It would get screened in, like, four or five day blocks at a time. Right. Never <laughs> enough to get to a Legend of Zelda episode. And they'd screen the Fire Flower episode basically every single time. Oh, God, I think I've seen that. Yeah. That's I mean, terrifying. Anyway. Pretty, pretty sure they're all on YouTube anyways. Yep. Anyway. Almost there. We have a franchise game, a fairly long-running franchise game that is still going now, even even now. <sighs> Symphony of the Night. Not the Sonic. <laughs> no, it's not a Sonic. Uh, it's 
a Japanese game. It's a JRPG. It's, well, it's early cinematic but, JRPG. Final Fantasy X? Final Fantasy X. Ten. 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 Wow. Yes. I think is... we were up to ten by 2001. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII was, like, 1999. Damn. Yeah. I played Final Fantasy X a few months before I went to university. Uh, that's the one with the water sword? Yep. Yeah. And, and the ball. Yeah, blitz ball. And the awful, awful fucking overalls on the main character. What is with overalls? I don't know, but that's why I didn't play Final Fantasy X. <coughs> Took one look at that guy and went, screw you. You're not Skull. I don't want to fuck you. <laughs> All right. But it now. is the one with Oren. Now. And Oren is amazing. <clears throat> okay, two more to go. We have... This This is... I think this one's going to be up in the air for Jeb pretty quickly, so... <clears throat> It's a it's self-aware a noir game. It's a shooter. Is it Max Payne? It's Max Payne! Hey! Did Jeb let me get that? Was Jeb distracted by the yoga ball? It's not saying anything. Shh. Be quiet, yoga ball. Not right now. Alright. And lastly... We that have... was a bit of a softball because Doc's been talking about Max Payne. I know again. he's been so into MP3 lately. Yes. So did you hand that one to me? I need to know. I no, I didn't. No. Okay. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Yay! I got one legit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a. This would be. Oh, actually, this is this is kind of interesting in that this would be a this would be a fourth iteration of a franchise from which there were two major iterations and two minor iterations. This game... This game's franchise is still going. It is one of the biggest franchises that exists. It has a cartoon. It has multiple movies. It has a plane. Uh, Lots of things have planes. <laughs> true, but they don't have the branding of the franchise, you know, all over it. Okay. I want to uh, say Pokemon now, but yes, it can't be that. Yes. How does that have two main versions? It had Pokemon Blue Red, and then Pokemon Yellow, oh, Pokemon oh, Gold Silver, and Pokemon Crystal. That is so not what I... That, that is not how those words conveyed any kind of idea to my brain. Well, I apologize. It was Pokemon Crystal. You definitely got that one over me. Yeah, I'm calling it. That's mine. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so 2001, where we got some really good JRPGs. Point of fact, I thought you meant there was a plane in the oh within the franchise, which no. is one of the only things that's not in Pokemon. I think I don't not remember there ever being a plane. No, like there, there's, there's, some, there's always a, trains. There's a there's you 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 fight on a plane in uh in XY, and there's a, yeah there's an airfield. There's a gym. There's a gym that is a plane. Yeah. Is it gym? In XY. Yeah. It's actually a plane, is it? Isn't I it just think like... so. Yeah, it's a plane. You get on the plane and then you fight the lady. Wow. Uh, uh, so X- I think oh. it was XY. Is I think it was XY. XY. Maybe has... it was black too. XY is the one that has the airfield, but yeah. I, I haven't... Uh, yeah. Still? I just didn't remember it being like that. Ow. Just before we go, Fox, I noticed that you've got new plates on your 3DS. <laughs> Now, this is, this is this is a fairly minor thing, but like one of the things we do with this podcast is we tend to talk about stuff we've played and experienced. We're not doing, you know, hype for new thing, hype for things that aren't out yet. We do very much want to look at things in the light of time that's passed. You got a new 3DS. Yes. Do you regret it? Are you glad you've got it? Hell no, I don't regret it. Yeah. I, look, aside from the fact that the shoulder button on my old 3DS kind of broke because I dropped it on it repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to break so, it. That was just an accident, right? <laughs> no, it was an accident. I didn't go, oh, I want the new one. <laughs> the yoga ball, came by, yoga ball came by. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me borrow that. Whoops. Oh, I'm sorry. Yoga ball, stop grabbing the 3DS. Yoga ball, that's not what you do. I did find out something really interesting over the course of that, which is that if your shoulder button on the 3DS is flaky, blowing into the shoulder button actually does make it work again. It's fucking weird, but it works. Uh, anyway... Tech support tips with with Foxley. I chose the regular size new 3DS because a I resent that they only advertise the other one in Australia. Like, oh, people will only want the grown-up, mature version of the console, not the fun, cute one. Fuck them. And because as soon as I saw the face faceplates, I was all, I gotta have that. There is no question here. Cool. Um, and also because I hate when they increase the screen size without increasing the resolution. That's just to me. That's just worse graphics. Why do I want that? Yeah, because uh, our friend had the 3DS XL. He did, which is why I have new faceplates. It looked like it could have eaten my phone. (laughs) If anything, it's thinner than this one, which was kind of interesting. 
but it's also blacker and shinier, and I don't particularly fancy either of those things. Oh. Um, well, I, I do wish they had released the black version of the regular size new 3DS here, which they did not do. Only white, which is actually kind of cream. Just means it doesn't look as good with some of the plates, unfortunately. Um, on the other hand, our friend bought himself the black Triforce devi- designed Zelda faceplates without realizing that you can't put faceplates on the XL. So now I have the cool black Zelda Triforce designed faceplates on my 3DS and it looks hella sweet. Cool. Just glad to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all from us uh, for this episode. Until next time, that's been Talon. That's been Jeb. And that's been Fox. Tune in next week when we might have played some goddamn video games. I heard Yoga Ball as an actual, like, a, a, a creature from Canada is <laughs> your dreadful thing that the, works by the way. The dreaded Yoga Ball? Hey, Jeb, you were recording a podcast in there? Oh, God, it's the Yoga Ball. Uh, no! <laughs> no, just Skyping with a friend! It's not, it's not, even, a, not even a fearsome you. creature, he just kind of stops by, he's kind of annoying. I heard you doing funny voices! Good day, can I borrow some... Can I borrow some maple syrup, please? <laughs> no, Yoga Ball. No, you can't. You, Yoga Ball. No. <laughs> look, I'm having some. Of, look, I'm having some of the guys together to watch the hockey game tonight. Would you like to come over? No, Yoga Ball. I'm busy. I'm sorry. I'm busy. I can't come hang out, Yoga Ball. <laughs>